You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome in to the Diamond Balls podcast and GoBalls247.com. I am Ben McKee coming live from Doug Kingsmore Stadium for one final time this weekend because Tennessee has swept the Clemson Regional. Tennessee beat Charlotte 9-2 on Sunday evening after Charlotte eliminated Clemson earlier in the day to advance to the Regional Final. And uh, once again, joined by former Tennessee pitcher Will Heflin, bringing us the goods, the the good analysis uh, after a great weekend of of Tennessee baseball. Will, yes, awesome weekend. Um, congratulations to the coaching staff, to the players, and to us as the fan base. Um, great weekend to be a ball uh, softball team one today as well. So they are still going strong in Oklahoma City, um, but. You know, for the for the baseballs to baseballs to go in there and do what they did, um, it was super impressive, and and we've got a lot to dig into. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I think the first place you start, there's a lot of places we could start, uh, but with this second win over Charlotte and just the weekend as a whole, the the big takeaway is is Christian Moore. I mean he he was a guy that was talked about as a dude coming out of high school and and he's obviously showed that these last 2 years but boy have we seen the the why Christian Moore was so highly talked about coming out of high school and and why he's projected as a, a 3 and and done player i mean he was awesome hit two more home runs uh today hit one off the scoreboard hit one off the top of the batter's eye uh, Clemson is going to have to do some construction around here uh, because of, of what Christian Moore did this weekend. And and he was named the Clemson regional MVP as a result. Yeah, for him to uh, top Zane Denton for MVP after what all he did, um, that just goes to show you how, mu- how much production that Tennessee was able to get from from one of their um, one of their key players. And he certainly looked like a professional hitter all weekend. Um, that ball he hit out the center tonight looked like a dang two iron off of his bat, just pierced right through um, the entire outfield and hit the wall at about 100 miles an hour, it seemed like still. So he was he was lacing baseballs, and it was, it was very middle. All of his swings, like even the ball he pulled for a homer, um, he stayed inside of, right? And he's so good when he's going the other way and hitting the balls uh like that straight up the middle with backspin um because he's such a strong kid he can really leverage the baseball but for him to do um to take that many swings in in that environment and just produce time and time again um hats off to him and we kind of talked about him a lot beforehand saying we needed we needed a good weekend out of christian moore and um we certainly got that and and probably more than we may have been able to to predict um so you know he he earned it and deserves it and hope he uh hope he gets a good night's rest uh tonight back in knoxville and and starts prepping up for a super regional because we're gonna we're gonna continue to need him um as he 
as he prepares for um, what's next. Yeah, he. I mean, he was awesome. I, again, it seems like every time he comes up on base or comes up to the plate, there are runners on base, and and he took advantage of, of that early and often. He did hit a, a solo home run to get Tennessee on the board uh, there in, in the fourth inning or so, just an absolute missile off of the scoreboard, like you said, and uh, and and then comes up later and, and hits a two-run bomb. But in between the home runs, he had a nice sack fly that almost got out as well. Uh, a deep fly ball to, to the warning track. It's just there. there's a stark difference in Tennessee's offense when he is producing and when he is not producing. Uh, and, and that's not to say that it all falls on the shoulders of, of Christian Moore because it doesn't, but it, it just completely elevates the the, the potential and, and the overall success of the offense because he is that talented uh, of a baseball player. And I thought it was really neat. Charlotte's head coach, Robert Woodard, after after the game said that, uh, it was like he was playing a video game and, and he had all the cheat codes turned on. Uh, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I also thought it was cool that I asked Christian what was working for him so well. Uh, and he did not talk about himself. He he talked about uh, all he cared about was was getting the win. Uh, it didn't matter if he went two for four with two homers or 0 for four with four Ks. He was just happy that Tennessee won. Uh, there was a follow up question about what his favorite swing of the weekend was. And, and he mentioned uh, the ball he hit down the, the right field line against Clemson to spark that ninth inning rally uh, because he did a great job on that inside pitch of keeping his hands inside the baseball and going the, the other way with it. And, and he loved that because that's something that they work on a ton. So uh, just a, a huge, huge weekend for Christian Moore, really sparking the offense. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Drew Beam here in a second. But really today the offense as a whole was was clicking. And, and Timo got it going. Uh, with that solo home run. Uh, but then you saw everybody start to chip in after that and guys getting on base, drawing walks, hit by pitches. Uh, Griffin Merritt doubles uh, to, to help lead off an inning after Dickie walked or, or somebody walked. I can't remember. Um, but runners on second and third, back-to-back sack flies with with more. And then Blake Burke. I mean, Blake Burke continued to have a, a big weekend with that sack fly that I thought was going to be a home run. Uh, as well. I thought that was gone, but barely stayed in the ballpark and, and just a great piece of hitting by him. And uh, then then Zane Denton hits his third home run of the weekend, hits, hits it off the batter's eye as well. So just a really productive day at the plate and and Simo kind of getting that first home run seemed to open things up. Yeah, you mentioned the two sack flies there, which were, were both really professional at bats um, and just kind of that baseball cliche doing a job. They just both didn't try to do too much, drove the ball to the middle of the field and got two runs in. The inning that I was super impressed with, um, C. Scott led off with a base hit, and then he we go fake bunt steal, and he gets to second. Um, perfect play call there because he actually he either spiked a fastball or they threw a breaking ball, but the catcher had to pick it, and C. Scott got in standing up. Um, and then you think they're going to keep the bunt on for Cal Stark, to uh, move him over to third, they show it again, throws another ball. That one was definitely a breaking ball. Get to 2-0, um, and Pete Durkay and I are texting during, during this at-bat, and Pete says, you have to bunt right here, and I'm like, absolutely, because we needed that insurance round at the time. Um, so we get to 2-0, and C. Scott's on second, and they take it off, and Cal Stark gets a hit. And So now we've got first and third, nobody out from your eight and nine hole. And we're, when we're clicking like that, it's just – it's a it's relentless pressure from from the offense and the way the middle of the order swung it this weekend. If you get production like that from the bottom, and you get guys at the top getting on base, 
then that's the result you get. It feels workmanlike. It feels just very businesslike from the team when the offense kind of manufactures what they need to manufacture. They get the big, the big swings as they come, and then the pitching staff does what they do. It's like Charlotte didn't even play bad, and they had no chance to win the game. I mean, Tennessee was clicking on all cylinders, um, played good defense, and it's just like it, you, you could point to every aspect of the game, and we exceeded at it today. Um, and really the whole weekend, we kind of had two of those workmanlike wins, and then the thriller, and it's like, that's that's kind of what you have to do this time of year, and they and they're doing it. Um, so it's just really good to see, and and I think it continues. Um, but it's it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take a good work of a good week of practice and and resetting and, and honing in for for next weekend because whether it's Penn or um, Southern Miss, it'll be two hungry teams that are playing really good baseball right now, and they're in a tight one so far. As we uh, record this podcast, it was one to one when we started. Two more things before we talk about Drew Beam and, and Camden Sewell. You, you want to know how Tennessee has a good offense. The the end of the regular season, it felt like the outfield was pulling the most weight and the ones kind of carrying things while Burke was struggling. Simo had some struggles here and there. Uh, Maui's had an up and down season at the plate. Uh, he, he's just kind of that way as a hitter. Uh, in general, and then Denton is is kind of a streaky hitter as well. But you know, C. Scott had his moments at the plate. Dickey had his moments at the plate. Uh, Hunter Insley as well, obviously, with the go ahead hit in the 14th inning against Clemson. But it it was a struggle at times for the outfield as a whole. But the infield picked them up because, especially more Denton and and Burke Maui didn't have his best weekend at the plate but he, he was tremendous defensively uh and again even with the Yensley hit last night he he draws a walk and I know it's it shouldn't be something that's necessarily applauded it should be expected but boy was he hustling from first trying to score in that double in the gap that got to the wall uh something that should be uh, applauded even if it is expected in my opinion um but that's how you know Tennessee has a good offense is that you can have and, and these the, the best offenses do that because it's it's baseball guys are going to go through slumps but the good offensive teams you have maybe two or three at a time that aren't completely seeing it all that well but everybody else is clicking it's not everybody at once that is struggling kind of like it was the first half of the season but it, it was nice to see the infield pick up the outfield after the outfield was picking up the infield to end the regular season so uh, that really stood out to me and then we maybe should have let off with this. I, it just clicked in my head. Tennessee didn't commit a single error all weekend. 27 innings of baseball, not a single error. And if you would have told me that two weeks ago or or even coming into this weekend, I probably would have asked you to be drug tested because I, I just – I did not see that coming. Again, I, I thought they had improved defensively, but, boy, zero, zero errors in, in 27 innings, that's huge and a big reason why Tennessee might be hosting a Super Regional next weekend. Yeah, it was it was very clean baseball. It was very it was very clean baseball. And you're right about Maui. I think um, I was actually talking to Russell on my way back from Atlanta this weekend. And um, we were talking about that double play that was turned and just the pure arm strength for Maui to even like the guy was probably less than two steps away from the bag when he got the baseball and he made that transfer 
so quick and just threw an absolute laser beam uh, to paint it first. And I just, I just don't think there's many shortstops in the country who have the arm strength to, to make that play. If any, I mean, he, he is a little up and down offensively. Um, but like you said, it's kind of, it's such baseball. And when you, we got contributions from different guys each day, you know, outside of Moore and um, Denton, who were both extremely hot the whole weekend. It was kind of like certain days, certain guys were doing their part. And that's exactly what you have to have. You just have to have that type of offense where you never know who it's going to be, but you know, it's going to be. Um, so with that, let's talk about something we, something else we, we certainly do know. And that's what we're going to get out of the pitching staff. And, uh, you know, they were tremendous all weekend. And today was beam day. As we talked about, he was kind of my pick who I thought, you know, needed to have a good showing. Um, and he did. He did everything he needed to, to do to help Tennessee win the game, put us in a good spot, threw some zeros early. Austin Knight did his did his thing again, got him got him for the solo shot. But other than that, he, he went pretty unscathed. Um, and then we saw Camden Sewell come in and do his thing out of the pen. Wiley veteran, the most postseason experience in the Tennessee bullpen. So you knew they would go to him. Um, and he did his thing, made it a little interesting, but he tends to do that. And and it, for some reason, you always feel like he's about to get out of it. Um, and then it was good to see A.J. Russell come in and, and close the door because that guy has a big future in this program and a big future in his baseball career. And I don't think it'll be the last time we see him uh, this postseason because he his stuff was really good and I thought his demeanor was really good. So it was good to see him get out there and kind of get that taste of postseason. Even though the game was in hand, it's still an NCAA tournament environment. You're not at your home park. You're not even playing the team whose park you're at. Um, so it's, it's just good to get him out there in that scenery and, and see how he does. And he filled the zone up and got us three quick outs, and that was the end of the deal. What did you see from Beam? Uh, he talked about his his, his curveball, and that was pretty noticeable uh, during the game as well. He, he was throwing some wicked breaking balls, and and that's kind of to me been what has been most inconsistent about him, especially when he doesn't have his fastball command. Is that lack of second and, and third pitch? But the the fastball command was there today, and and boy was that curveball really good. It was a it was an Uncle Charlie. And I don't even know what that means, but I know it's a baseball term that means the curveball is really good. Um, so old Uncle Charlie showed up today. And what was crazy is the first few strikeouts that he got on it were in the zone. It wasn't even like he was he was burying it and getting guys to chase. I mean, he was just ripping that thing from the top of the zone to the bottom of the zone. And guys were swinging through it or freezing on it. And they they showed a couple slow-mos for him Um on some of those early strikeouts and it just, he was getting on top of it and getting through it really well. And it was spinning. It had more vertical break than horizontal break. Um, and he also threw some really good changeups, especially to Cam Fisher, um, who's their big, their big lefty stick, obviously. Um, he threw some really good changeups to get either get back in the count or to get ahead in the count to him. So he definitely had, a stuff day as a pitcher, you don't always have your best stuff, right? Maybe one out of every five. Um, so I would say he, for the most part, had his good stuff today, and he was able to use that to to get us deep into the game and and really um, tame a, a pretty a pretty potent offense in Charlotte um, and a, a team that was that was fighting for Monday. So it was 
it was an impressive performance for me. And I just thought it was kind of like the whole game. It was workmanlike and professional. He filled up the zone, didn't give them anything that they didn't earn. And it <laughs> made it pretty simple. Uh, as hard as that is to do this time of year, he just made it simple and, and went to work. And Uncle Uncle Charlie was right there behind him. <laughs> yeah, and then Camden Sewell comes in with with his blitz balls that that, that you mentioned when you texted me, and, and was throwing <laughs> his his wicked stuff all all over the place. And, and look, those, those are some big early pitches from Sewell because uh, he he still came in the game when it was close, uh, if I remember correctly, two two runs or so, and and before Simo uh, hit his. Well, I guess Simo made it a six-two game. So, or uh, Sewell came in when it was a four-run game uh, because Sewell came in to, to pitch the seventh. Uh, so it, it was still a four-run game, man. And that's an NCAA tournament team and NCAA tournament game. And, and Sewell was able to 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 slam the door on them, and and the offense picked up some big insurance runs as well. Uh, we mentioned Simo's big homer, which again, the second homer was within a two-run game after Austin Knight, your old buddy, hit a another home run against Tennessee. Uh, Cam Fisher doubled in a run uh, to to cut it to a four-two game, and you and you kind of thinking, okay, are they going to make a game of this? And then Christian Moore steps up there and just absolutely absolutely wallops a baseball. Uh, and then later on, uh, Maui Ahuna reaches on a fielder's choice that allowed Christian Scott to score. Uh, you mentioned that play earlier, and and then C Scott comes back in the eighth inning and, and hits a two-run single uh, as well. So uh, just a really great day at the ballpark uh, for Tennessee and. Uh, kind of now in, in wait and see mode as to what is next. And, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment on the other side of a break, because we do need to hit a break before we run out of time here. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment here on the Diamond Balls podcast at GoVols247.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Diamond Balls podcast from GoBalls247.com. I am Ben McKee, joined by Will Heflin, discussing Tennessee's sweep of the Clemson Regional. They knock off Charlotte twice. They knock off Clemson, the host, the number four overall national seed. And Tennessee will now advance to a Super Regional 
for the third consecutive season in which there's been an NCAA tournament. Uh, I still think that that 2020 team would have been the first team to go to Omaha. And I know you definitely uh, agree with that, but this will be three straight Super Regionals for Tennessee and the fifth in the program since Super Regionals became a thing in the late 90s. Uh, Tennessee now two wins away from the College World Series. And uh, not that these two teams are bad teams necessarily, uh, but I, I don't think at any point during the regular season that we thought Penn and Southern Miss would be the two teams uh, that would kind of be standing in, in Tennessee's way. So uh, before we get Will's thoughts on that, would like to remind you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. That's how you can help us help you. Uh, Will, what, what are kind of your thoughts as we move in the next weekend? We're, we're kind of in wait and see mode right now uh, as Penn and uh, Southern Miss battle it out to win the Auburn Regional. Uh, Penn in the driver's seat uh, as that first game of the regional final uh, begins. Southern Miss will have to beat them two games in a row. They'll have to win tonight, and they'll, they'll have to win on Monday uh, as well. But, you know, it's a it's a regional or super regional that I think Tennessee should win, whether it's in Knoxville, whether it's in, in Hattiesburg. Uh, I think Tennessee is a, a better baseball team than both of those teams, but that doesn't mean that those two teams are bad either. Like Penn is a, a very, very solid program, very solid squad. They have a ton of pitching. Southern Southern Miss is an absolutely great program, and they're playing for a lot with their coach retiring after this season. So uh, it, it's not going to be an automatic W and an, an automatic plane ticket to Omaha, but simply put, I mean, Tennessee should win two games next weekend. Yeah, I agree. I've always kind of appreciated Southern Miss as a program from a distance. Um, I think the environment that they have and the, the facilities that they have and then also the teams that they've had throughout the years um, has always been impressive. And that Sunbelt Conference is stacked full of, of very quality baseball programs. So it doesn't surprise me. They were in, they were in Supers last year. Um, they're a, They're a regular in the NCAA baseball tournament. Now, Penn is a surprising story. They are the Cinderella of this year. So it would be interesting if if they were to come out of that Auburn regional and we were to match up with them. I think, you know, Tennessee matches up well with, with pretty much anybody at this point um, with the way we're playing. But, um, you know, we can dig in more to whichever team it ends up being. I do want to touch on the – the host argument, which is kind of the hot thing on Twitter right now, um, trying to decide if Tennessee and Southern Miss were the two to come out, where would the committee decide to send um, the teams to play the Super Regional matchup? And I think the RPIs are pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. It's within three spots. Tennessee has the strength of schedule advantage, um, but Hattiesburg has also hosted super regionals very recently and they do a great job as well they pack out their stadium and we everybody who's listening to this certainly knows that tennessee uh packs out their stadium on a regular basis especially for a super regional i remember when we were playing um lsu and ours it was kind of right after they had opened everything up to covid and so many people wanted to come that they had to create a dang block party on the road because our stadium wasn't big enough um, to host as many people that wanted to come into the stadium. So now you see all these renovation plans and uh, that's what winning will get you around here. But 
that's that's beside the point right now. The point for me is that I think for just getting in the tournament, RPI was king, right? That's why Kansas State was left out. That's why a couple teams that they had beaten got in. That's how they made the the regional hosting decisions. It was like RPI, RPI, RPI. So why would they stray away from that now for supers? It it may only be three spots, but it's three spots, right? So give me maybe play devil's advocate here and tell me why Southern Miss would host instead of Tennessee because I really i I wouldn't understand it if if they did. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, and frankly, I don't have a great answer right now. I, I've been so locked in on on Tennessee, I'm not all that familiar. Uh, with Southern Miss's uh, resume, but just glancing at it as we speak right now, you're spot on about the RPI. They are th- exactly three spots away from each other. Uh, Tennessee has the higher RPI uh, at 17. Southern Miss uh, has the 20th RPI, and, and there's a significant difference uh, in in the strength of schedule as well. Tennessee is 22nd in strength of schedule. Southern Miss is 50. Uh, again, a significant difference there. Uh, the, now, the non-conference strength of schedule is probably an issue, which it is. Uh, Tennessee is 167th in in non-conference strength of schedule, uh, whereas Southern Miss is is 79th. Now, although that's an ugly number in terms of the difference there, I don't know that it should play really a role at all because. If you're Tennessee and you're in the SEC, I don't think that there needs to be such a heavy emphasis on on non-conference strength of schedule uh, because you play in the SEC. Like the SEC is going to take care of your strength of schedule, and and you know Tennessee had some some worthy opponents early in the non-conference. They they just didn't beat them. Grand Canyon, TCU, Boston College, not a ton. But I do wonder about the perception and, and how different it would be if, if Tennessee had beaten those teams. So, uh, and again, Southern Miss doesn't play in the SEC, so their non-conference strength of schedule needs to be harder for moments like this. So, uh, if we're going off of recency bias, I certainly don't think that that Southern Miss should host over uh, Tennessee uh, because Tennessee just went into the number four national seed and and swept them essentially swept the weekend but sent Clemson packing um because don't think that Clemson playing 14 innings and having that quick turnaround didn't affect the way that they played against Charlotte uh on Sunday at at noon uh and meanwhile Southern Miss lost in the Auburn regional and look it'll be very impressive if they come back and and still win that regional but Tennessee played better this weekend and and the other thing as well I think people are failing to realize it's not just based off of what they're doing on the field. It also comes down to hotels and accommodations and things of that nature, uh, guarantees, stuff like that. We asked, or I didn't ask, Sean Barrows, the SID for Tennessee Baseball, he asked the NCAA kind of what would happen if this scenario actually played out. And, And what do you know? We're here. Uh, the committee, according to the NCAA spokesperson, uh, will make a decision, announce a decision on Tuesday morning. Uh, and this isn't like basketball where they actually seed the two seeds because there's 16 two seeds. They don't seed the two seeds, the three seeds, the four seeds. They they seed one through 16, the national hosts. So since, excuse me, since there's no true seeding of two seeds, 
it's largely based off of the merits of the two bids, such as the venue, hotels, and guarantees, and it would completely be the committee's decision. So it sounds like it's more based off of, again, the accommodations than maybe just play on the field. And I, I know Knoxville is is much nicer than Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You don't have to tell me twice. There's a reason that I'll, I will probably never move from, from East Tennessee. But th- this isn't Southern Miss football and Tennessee football. This isn't even Southern Miss basketball or, or Tennessee basketball in, in terms of brand recognition. And I know Tennessee's been better recently, but Southern Miss is a strong baseball program. And, and those of those fans who are new to college baseball and keeping up with Tennessee probably don't realize that. So it wouldn't be like the end of the world if if Tennessee did have to go to Southern Miss. I don't think Tennessee should go to Southern Miss. I, I think Knoxville is better equipped to host a Super Regional. And I do think that if we are going to talk about the on-field stuff, I do think the resume for Tennessee is better based off of RPI, which like you said, Will, that was what everybody was hammering home during the bracket selection process. So why would we go away from that? now but it wouldn't be the the worst crime ever if Tennessee did have to go play go play a super regional in in Southern Miss it makes sense but I do think that Tennessee deserves it over Southern Miss if that makes sense I agree and my only (laughs) I'm not arguing with you I'm arguing with the argument about the hotels and the venue because the University of Kentucky is hosting a regional right now and the teams are staying in dorms because there were no hotels available. So you kind of lost your your leverage with that argument as the committee when you chose Kentucky as a host. But that being said, that side of the argument would work in our favor because I don't think anybody would argue that Hattiesburg is a, is a better place to visit or has more hotel accommodations than Knoxville, no. better restaurants, better you know any of that sort of thing but i will say in terms of stadium there's actually does hold more people than ours 1500 um their their stadium is is a little bit bigger which is neither here nor there but that's part of the reason um our stadium is being renovated and equipped to hold more people because the way this program is going and just the sheer resources of athletic departments i think uh, even a great baseball program like Southern Miss should never have more people in their stadium than the University of Tennessee. Our fan base is too good. Our athletic department is too well off and has too many resources to allow that to happen. We need to be competing with the LSUs and the Mississippi States and the South Carolinas of the world. We shouldn't be behind Southern Miss in terms of stadium capacity. That's a whole different uh, tangent. I just wanted to get it off my chest let that be known. Um, But at the end of the day, it's not our decision and it's not the player's decision. Their job is to put their pants on and their cleats on and go win two baseball games starting either Thursday or Friday night, or I guess it would be Friday night or Saturday night, depending on which slot they're in and then pack their bags for Omaha. That's the task at hand. And we'll find out Tuesday where that task needs to be executed. Yeah. And and the more that I I look at this and I'll probably have a stronger opinion uh, about the whole hosting over Southern Miss uh, when we record next. But I've been so locked in on Tennessee that I I just 
I, I don't know much about Southern Miss other than the fact that their coach is retiring and they're a really good baseball program. And they're gold, they're black, they wear Adidas, and they're from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That, that's all I know about Southern Miss, if I'm being completely honest at, at the moment. Um, but well, go ahead. The last time the last time a coach was retiring and had to run into Tennessee uh, in the Super Regionals, it did not end well for that coach. He did not have a uh, happy send-off. Um, so... I think that's a bold strategy to retire before you got to play Tennessee or announce you're retiring. You got to play before Tennessee. I'll just, that'll be my, that'll be my thing this week because uh, last week it was, it was 20 straight wins is, is awfully tough. That's a lot of games been. And, you know, I just, I just don't know if this is the year he should retire. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know all about that weekend that Paul Maneri had in Knoxville, because that was your last weekend of baseball at Lindsey Nelson stadium. Uh, but again, just looking at the, all the, you know, the, the, I do defer to the national media because their job is to more to to know more about the overall landscape, whereas my job is to know about Tennessee. Um, and, and you know, Kendall Rogers, who I, his his uh, his opinion holds a lot of weight for me. Uh, Aaron Fit as well. The D one guys, um, both are saying kind of maybe not out, flat out saying, but they they seem to be saying that they think Southern Miss would absolutely host over Tennessee. Uh, Kendall said that Southern Miss would have a, a very, very good case to host if it wins the Auburn Regional. Uh, and uh, Aaron Fit, he was even more demonstrative, and that's probably too strong of a word, but was even more opinionated, uh, I guess, with, with his comments. He said, I don't think a Super Regional in Knoxville is a guarantee, by the way. If Southern Miss can come back to take down Penn and win that Regional, I think the Golden Eagles would be the more deserving host. They were like 17th or 18th in line last week, and Vols were farther back. So it seems to be like their opinion is more based off the fact that, and this is true, like Tennessee was, although they didn't, they don't completely lay out the two seeds in order and, and rank them, they weren't as high of a two seed as we thought that they were going to be where Southern Miss barely missed the conversation or, or was even kind of in the conversation and one of those first two teams out of the 16 to, to not host. So maybe that's why they're thinking that. But when you look at the on-field resume and you look at the fact that no disrespect to Hattiesburg, but it, it's not Knoxville is the, the hotels in Knoxville are better. The airport's better. It's it's all better. And Southern Miss, it has a bigger stadium, so the fan thing won't be an issue for them. But I, I just don't see how any of the boxes that we're kind of talking about doesn't favor Tennessee. The only box that doesn't, and this may be the, the one telling sign, is that Southern Miss was viewed higher when they were ranking teams for the bracket. So that that if that's what they're going off of, that's certainly a, a fair point. But then my counter argument would be, well, why was Southern Miss, especially now, I think things should be reconsidered based off of how this weekend played out. Like why, why is Southern Miss in front of Tennessee in, in the first place when the strength of schedule, RPI wins are, are all the same and one team's in the SEC and one team's not. So – um, the, as you can maybe tell, the more I talk about it, the more I, I'm more adamant that Tennessee should should probably host uh, a super regional. But we'll we'll find out Tuesday morning. And here's the the last thing for me, Will, is if Tennessee plays like it did this weekend, zero errors in three and a half games, the starting pitching being elite, the bullpen being elite, and the offense doing what it did for the most part this weekend, it doesn't matter where they play or who they play. Next weekend, Penn, Southern Miss, and Philadelphia, and Hattiesburg, and Knoxville. It doesn't matter. Like Tennessee's going to Omaha if they play the way that they did this weekend. 
100%. And those D1 baseball guys do a fantastic job. They've grown our game a ton. Um, so their opinions hold a lot of weight with me too. But I'm, I'm kind of on your side where I don't really understand how they were higher in the pecking order in terms of hosting, other than the fact that the SEC already had eight hosts. So Tennessee was kind of the oddball out because we didn't win a couple games in Hoover like Auburn did or, or Alabama who ended up getting those, those teen, uh, those teen seedings. But I, I was also going to, going to point out and you pointed out beautifully that why not, why are we not reevaluating now at, in terms of ranking the two seeds? Right. Because if you just go based on pre-tournament, then it ignores the best weekend of our season and it literally just happened. So, you know, I'm super unbiased opinion, um, you know, no lean one way or the other. I'm cool either way. But, you know, just from the outside looking in, unbiased opinion, I think Tennessee should host. But the, here's the other thing to consider is John Cohen, the the AD at Auburn. He, he's the head of the selection committee as well. Maybe he's able to sway the committee in, in Tennessee's favor. But nonetheless, yeah, he may not be happy with Southern Miss right now. Correct. And look, I mean, Auburn was a questionable host in, host in the first place and, and kind of that generated a lot of drama and, and criticism. Southern Miss struggling there and Tennessee going to the number four overall national seed. I mean, I, I, again, I don't understand how you don't reevaluate that, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly be back on the pod next week to discuss one way or another. Will, it was a, a fun weekend of baseball and it's not slowing down anytime soon. We appreciate you. You had a lot going on this weekend coaching up some baseball, so I know it's been a, a long weekend for you, so appreciate you sticking out uh, late and, and doing this with us. Yeah, man, I enjoyed doing it. And, um, you know, I said this last night when we were trying to form words and thoughts together, but um, I'll say it again that this team is so easy to root for, and it's a program that's so easy to get behind um, and just try to get in the fight from either the couch watching on TV or, or be in the stands and, and yell your heart out for them. Because, um, you know, one thing I will say, I do know most of the guys still, even the younger guys that I wasn't around much. I did get to meet most of them before I, before I left um, and, you know, graduated into the real world, but it's just a great group of young men and they do things the right way on and off the field. Um, so to see them playing their best baseball at the right time, which is an impossible formula to to calculate. Um, it's it's very fulfilling as a fan and as a, as a former player being a part of the program. Um, I just I want them to continue on and keep doing well, and it's fun to watch. It was a fun weekend of baseball, and we'll hopefully we'll see you at Lindsey Nelson this upcoming weekend. I, I need my seat back in the press box to where I don't have people in my way and windows in my way. I need my my good old seat back at old Lindsey Nelson. So. Uh, he's Will Heflin. I'm Ben McKee. We'll be back with you in a couple of days. And we certainly appreciate everybody who tuned in over the weekend. For Will, I'm Ben. This has been another edition of the Diamond Balls podcast on GoBalls247.com. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the GoBalls247 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. 
thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.